with the first pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. I don't know what the hell you would hire Kevin Stefanski for. I'm sorry. I don't know. Back to pass. Lux going towards the end zone. And it's caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Touchdown! For the first time in 18 years, the Cleveland Browns are going to the playoffs. Welcome back to another episode of Nothing Rhymes with Orange, your Cleveland Browns podcast with me, Corey Kinnon, and our and my co-host, Riley McCormick, who is so gracious to let me open up the podcast this week. Riley, how are you doing? You're doing great, dude. You absolutely murdered that. I don't Thank know you. why I ever doubted you. Thank you. I, I'm, there's reason to doubt. I suck at like ad-libbing things and coming up with talking points, and I'm better at just like spewing boring information. So, but hey, I took a leap and I leapt. So you leapt and you made it. You made it to the other side because I am fully erect. <laughs> how are how are you battling uh, the cicadas and, and the birds this week, Riley? Um, birds are my allies now. Okay. In the war against the cicadas. Um, who knew drones could eat, but, um, they're definitely got their, their sights, uh, fixed on the cicadas. Um, starting to hear them a lot less. Uh, I have these, I have baby trees cause I'm in a newer development and I have to like defend them against cicadas cause cicadas can like kill them, um, because they're not mature yet. So every day I get home from work and I grab like my high school tennis racket and I just go outside and I go to work and, you know. I'm going to be honest, you will be pressed to find somebody in the state of Ohio who has more cicada kills under their belt than I do. Yeah, that's that's dope. Does that translate to Call of Duty or is it just like meaningless and worthless? And um, well, I haven't died yet, so I guess my oh. uh, KD is pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, there's only I can only go down at this point. It's going to one one will throw off the whole ratio and probably just in the game. So I actually um, heard my I actually heard my first cicadas this weekend. Oh, I went oh up to no. Dublin. I went up to Dublin to Trader Joe's. Yes, I, I shop at Trader Joe's. And Trader Joe's it, I heard them. Slaps, and it, right? it does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't have to defend my my grocery my grocery shopping. Uh, but I, I heard them in Dublin. I don't hear them where I live, but I went up there and they were going crazy. I heard they were bad up there, especially at the memorial a couple weekends ago. Heard they uh, were kill, like good, just going crazy in people's hair and stuff like that. So. Um, you might, might have dodged a bullet, but they're definitely starting to wind down. I think they're starting to die off in Cincinnati. So I'm hoping that uh, that uh, wave makes its way up here because I think we're just all over them. We're Don't all have over to deal them. with them again until we're 46, 45, 46. <laughs> oh, yeah. I plan on being dead by then, so I'm not going to worry about that. <laughs> not going to be around. Honestly, do any of us plan on being alive in 17 years? Too with, far the way, think about. <laughs> with the way the world's going, I mean, uh, that'd be yeah. – there what that's gonna if that if we're not all dead by then that will be the one that ends us because i don't remember them being this color last time so i think they're just evolving each and every time they come back next i've year. yet to see one. Oh, them, i haven't seen I've one. seen pictures though so yeah you know, they yeah like. they're hideous yeah yeah so they're gonna be like the size of house cats next <laughs> next time they come around so <laughs> they're just gonna keep evolving gonna start domesticating them <laughs> yeah they're gonna become the Come the new house cat. Everybody's got one. <laughs> Love it. So what's going on with this? Uh, what's going on with these OTAs, man? You, you catching any of this stuff? It's, it's yeah. exciting to see our guys in shorts. It is exciting. Uh, apparently, uh, I'm excited that OBJ is. We talked about it last week that he's cutting, but he's out there. He's running with the dudes. Clowny in a Browns jersey is a sight to behold. 
there's not a lot you can take from OTAs. Like, again, at this, this is the point of the season where writers say everybody looks good and reporters say everybody looks good and nobody struggles. So, I mean, there's not a lot you can, you can take from OTAs, but it's at the end of the day, it's, it's cool to see your guys back out there getting after it, uh, seeing like Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, like joking and laughing on the sideline together is like the most giddy thing for me. That's what I'm most excited about is I'm, I'm ready to pair Clowney and, and Miles. So, um, but it's cool. We're back. You don't want to rush the summer away, but like, I'm just like, just get the season here. Like, I just want to play the games. Like, when has a Browns fan ever felt like that? You're like waiting to see if your quarterback sucks or not. Speaking of sucky quarterbacks, oh, I, yeah. do you think the Dolphins are taking anything away from their OTAs? No, no. I mean, what are they going to do? Start Jacoby Brissett? Like, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's like their alternative. Apparently, the weather was horrible as well and it's ota so i guess it's like this is the time to make mistakes like if he does it in season then yeah it's start time to start worrying about tua but yeah it's probably not too concerning at this point i don't think okay well i just opened the door for you to say something about mac jones and are you not just gonna oh, take oh yes that video so there was that video you saw the video right about, I did see the video, yeah. Okay, so the video, yeah, Cam Newton. I saw it and I was like, God, why are you guys doing this Doing this to me? Like, Corey's going to eat this shit up. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the whole point of this video was to prove that Cam Newton was inaccurate and Mac Jones was accurate because, like, they had shown, like, three passes that Mac Jones has com- had completed and Cam Newton, like, airmailed the same passes. But my takeaway was, like, Cam Newton was throwing bullets and Mac Jones looked like he was, he was like, tossing softballs playing slow slow pitch softballs with his 40 year old friends just like tossing up ducks 50 jersey does not help him either no no it does not it definitely makes his passes look slower (laughs) (laughs) again the weather was horrible there too but like uh, there's there's no denying like that's football weather he just doesn't have a good arm either so (laughs) so i'm excited the future of the patriots is in Great hands. Great hands. And then did you see, while we're talking about quarterbacks and and media, did you see that tweet about a Baltimore beat writer tweeted out today that the Ravens aren't letting any of the media record Lamar throwing the football at camp anymore? (laughs) (laughs) Like the ultimate, like you, like uh, you abuse parents, you abuse your privileges and now we're taking them away. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's funny as shit. But yeah, dude, our quarterback, I saw some pics of him. And most of the time, like when you see pics of dudes, they're like unflattering. They're like, look at this dude's gut. A lot. I have a lot of those uh, circling the interwebs out there. But um, Baker's looking slim, dude. Yeah. Are you see slim Baker this year? I think so. So at that all at Jarvis's softball thing, he did look look pretty, pretty slim. So I was smashing balls. Oh yeah, he was. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he, he didn't look huge last year. I will say that 2019 season though, was he, he was a thick dude. Uh, so I don't know if he just got like lazy after he had a good rookie year and he's like, Oh, I can do this NFL thing. He got married, dude. It happens all Yeah. Or he saw his head coach and said like, I don't feel threatened or what, but (laughs) And now he sees his head coach and he's like, oh shit, I gotta look, I gotta look slim, I gotta look good. Oh yeah. I gotta be the face of the franchise. Yeah, I don't know if that was it, but yeah, 2019, he looked he looked rough, but uh good for him. Hopefully that means you know performance is is gonna stay the same or continue. Has to, right? I mean, yeah. 
it's uh it was yeah i was just i was taken aback a little bit i was like is that who the who the hell is this who's this camp arm right <laughs> this camp arm adonis and then like oh my gosh it's baker Mayfield. ace keenum's hitting bombs dude <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. who do you think the best brown is who other okay i'll take miles gear out of it who do you think the best brown player in shorts like looks wise like who looks the best in shorts? obj so? OBJ. yeah dude have you seen both of his legs are tatted up Oh, you're just going for that. Oh, you mean like looks? Do you mean like, like rocked thick? Up, like, oh, rocked up. Oh, okay. Just the, the, oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, take Miles out. That's uh. Oh, David and Joku. David and Joku, by a mile and a half. Oh yeah, actually, shorts. Yeah. Uh, shorts do him a disservice. Like he just <laughs> right. needs to walk around in like spandex. <laughs> <laughs> he basically does when he wears shorts because his thighs are so freaking huge. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 in Joku by a mile and a half. I that think. might be it. It's either that or it's Kevin Stefanski. I can't really decide which one. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I saw a tweet. Do you know Mark Sessler from NFL Network? Yes. He's a Browns fan. Cleveland. Yeah. 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 Uh, he tweeted out like there was a picture of Kevin Stefanski at, at OTAs, uh, not mandatory camp, but OTAs, uh, and it's like Kevin Stefanski is waging war on dad bod culture or something like that. <laughs> and it's like I, I certainly feel that. Like I feel threatened. I need to. Uh, get back uh, in yeah, the gym you, so yeah you yeah. Uh, you got some work to do to I, I think we all got some work to do to catch up to, to we might have the most attractive um gm coach combo in the league oh yeah hands down <laughs> look I good feel good play good yeah coach yeah. Good. hey that's the Draft way it goes good. yeah so um i think we're gonna start uh pre uh, we got a couple if we only do one podcast a week right now so i feel like we need to start previewing these um these position groups so we're not going to get through them all before the season starts so uh naturally we're going to start with quarterback and our, you guys are probably like why the hell are we previewing quarterbacks but um because we know who the quarterback is but um we're just kind of go through you know there is still a backup there's a couple dudes in camp and uh cory i think that you've you're gonna nerd out on us for a little bit here oh for sure absolutely so talking about quarterbacks it feels good not to be talking about like who's going to start. Are we starting Brock Osweiler, or Deshaun Kaiser? We don't, have, or Cody Kessler, but like we don't, we're not having that conversation anymore. So that's great. Even last year, we didn't have to have the conversation, but for some reason, big talking heads convinced themselves that Case Keenum was going to beat out Baker for the starting job, which was the most ridiculous thing in the world. Uh, but we're back. We don't like this is the first time in. Okay, counting last year too. We don't have a, a quarterback competition, or the year before, I guess. When Freddie Kitchens' year, we knew Baker was going to start. Well established, and not only that, but we have Baker coming off probably as good, if not, I would say, a better end to his season than he had his rookie year as well. In now an offense that's established, and he has, he's, he's playing in his the second year of an offense for the first time in his entire career. So that's also a positive. Um, and not only that, but I think everything is set up for Baker to, to make another leap this year. Uh, I understand there are still some concerns, like, can he do it consistently? Like, I'm holding my breath a little bit because we, we haven't seen a large output except down the stretch this past year. And even then, like, they bombed that uh, the Jets game, the second to last week of the season, which, I mean, they had a million people out with COVID, so I can't really blame him. Um, but really, for the most part, from that Bengals game on, Baker really, really looked like a different quarterback. Um, and now here's the part where I'm going to nerd out, Riley. Are you ready for this stuff? I'm already asleep, so go ahead. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. 
uh, including his first part of a season last year, Baker was PFF's eighth highest grade quarterback last year with a grade of 81.6. 72% of his passes were catchable. I think there's room for that number to grow. So that was the one area I went through. Um, For when I'm using analytical data, I usually use like football outsiders or sports info solutions. Uh, Sports info solutions had um, him at like 72% of of catchable balls, um, which was like the one statistic a year ago where he was outside the um, outside the top 10 or the top 15, I'm sorry, top 15. And I think a lot of that has to do with his wide receivers not being able to get open. So if you're consistently having to throw into tight windows, you're gonna, you're gonna consider like the idea of what a catchable ball is gets very skewed and gets very minimalized. Um, but other than that, I mean, he finished 13th um, in total points earned by Sports Info Solutions, uh, he was 10th in completed air yards in the league. Uh, and that just means, you know, yards that don't come after the catch, non-yak yards. And not only that, he was second. Only one quarterback had more, uh, had a higher percentage of air yards than Baker Mayfield did last year. And that was Matt Ryan. And what that means is he just had wide receivers that, couldn't make plays down the field and make plays after the catch or couldn't just improvise with the ball in their hands, like in the screen game or anything like that. And I don't think that's a surprise to anybody who watched the Browns last year, pretty much everything was Baker hitting a receiver. And then they, they would go down within a a yard or two. Um, Just they they don't then have like Jarvis isn't going to run away from anybody. Higgins isn't going to run away from anybody. Donovan Peoples Jones was probably the, the only receiver who, who could make a play down the field last year after OBJ got hurt. And then OBJ never got to play once the offense kind of settled in. Um, so I think this year now with OBJ coming back, we might be able to see some, some more um, non air yards. And especially with Anthony Schwartz now too, they're going to get the kind of the, the run game moved horizontally as well, extend the run game into the screen game with Schwartz. Um, and that's only going to help to benefit Baker as well. Um, so I really think that that everything is set up for Baker to succeed. We have a healthy OBJ. Um, hopefully we add the fastest dude in the draft. <sighs> Who knows? Maybe now we can create some separation and give Baker some windows to throw into uh, and help him take that next step as well. Definitely all setting up for him. Um, I think that uh, it could almost be like a a negative that everything is set up for him because um, we're going into that contract year. And, uh, you know, if everything is perfect, how are we going to know when it's not perfect? You know, we're going to have to, I guess, pay some of these dudes who are coming up in contracts. And, you know, Baker doesn't have an amazing run. He doesn't have two stud running backs. He doesn't have two. Uh, solid receivers. He doesn't have a bunch of tight ends. His li- his line isn't the best line uh, graded out in PFF uh, like it was last year. So um, while I think it's uh, it's you should be super excited about 2021. Is I don't know. I guess how do you feel about it? How do you think that 2021 is the year Baker's going to prove he's that dude, or do you think that you know he's he just needs to you know drive this boat and get the contract and we're just not going to really know for sure if he can carry the load till a couple, a year or two down the road. I think this is the year. I think this has to be the year. 
I mean, even if he has a decent year, I still think he gets paid, but he's not going to get top dollar. And maybe he's hesitant to sign that. I don't know. Um, and plus, what if he goes to, the, what if he goes to the AFC Championship game? You don't think he's going to get top dollar? I, it depends on like it depends on how of efficient a quarterback he is. Like Jimmy Garoppolo went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, so like I don't think wins necess- necessarily are are the way to. And then, like Deshaun Watson was arguably argu- arguably like the best quarterback in the league last year and he played for the Texans. So I don't think, I don't think that's going to be the metric that, that the front office is going to measure, measure his success by. But if these other dudes who he's probably going to play in the playoffs, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson get paid this summer, or they get paid at the end of this year, or, you know, you don't think they're going to get, you don't think Josh Allen's going to get a monster. Like he's going to be probably the top quarterback paid. And if for some reason Baker beats him and, you know, you think that that's not going to be something that Baker's camp is going to use against the Browns or like they're going to be like, well, this is where we're going to start because, you know, it, that's could kinda... be, it could be. But I don't see the front office like biting at, oh, well, the Browns beat the Bills. That means Baker deserves more than Josh Allen got. I don't see the, the, the front office biting at that. I think they're pretty disciplined to to their numbers and to um, how they're going to evaluate their roster. Right, but that's going to be something that Baker's going to use. Well, for sure, argument. yeah, for sure. And at the end of the day, he plays quarterback, so and he plays in a, a like a pretty quarterback system. So I don't see any reason why he's not going to going to be okay. Um, but uh, who knows? If if the if the Browns play well and he plays well, then they're going to like. If Baker plays well, the Browns are going to win. If he doesn't play well, they're not. Then that was evident this year. So I think it's like what comes first, the chicken or the egg is what we're talking about right now. So I think we're going to, if the Browns are in the AFC championship game, that means Baker played well, um, just as he did down the stretch this past year and the Browns made it to, to the divisional round. Um, so I don't see that, that being that big of an issue. But do you get what I'm saying as far as, I guess, you know, cause some of these dudes aren't going to be here next year. And like, are we, is the Baker the guy who, can do it with everything or is he the guy who can cover up some of those flaws like a Patrick Mahomes like an Aaron Rodgers what I wanted to, what I want to say is well he proved it he could do it with Jarvis Landry down with people's Joe's and Richard Higgins and I don't think that's and a, great, a great wide receiver high, core and the by. best and the best line in the well, league. yeah those are running backs and the best uh, the, I, I don't see any reason why they won't keep a line together for him um moving forward your left tackles are like a, a second year player uh I mean your money's going to run out at some point, but there's definitely ways to construct a line that, that you don't need five studs to, to have a good line. Um, I mean, there's data that, that proves, I think I, I listened to it on a, on a PFF podcast that like, even if you have three do studs, not, do not plug that podcast. Okay. Only plug nothing rises with orange. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but like you can have three studs on your offensive line, but if you have two dudes who can't play football, your line's not going to be very good. So if you have two studs and three dudes who can play football, they still, you're still going to have a, a top-notch offensive line. Um, so I don't think the Browns will – like, you're right. This probably is the last year we have J.C. Treader on our team. This might be the last year we have Wyatt Teller on our team if they're not willing to pay an interior offensive lineman the money that Teller's – or uh, yeah, Teller's going to de- demand if he has another season like he did last year. Batonio is 28 years old, still playing like a top-five guard, though, so I don't see why – top-ten minimum guard, so – um, I don't think he's in any danger of, of losing his, his roster spot, but like at some point there are going to be changes along the offensive line, probably next year. Um, but again, with the outside zone, you're going to like 
time to throw is is very schemed up in outside zone systems as well. So as long as the ball comes out when it needs to come out, I mean, the, the Chiefs had a, a horrible offensive line last year um, for the, most of the season and went to the Super Bowl. So, um, I mean, even without Eric Fisher going out, I mean, Mitchell Schwartz missed, the, missed pretty much the whole year. Uh, his starting right guard opted out because he was a doctor in Canada for, for COVID relief. Uh, they, they, that's what I'm saying. Pat Pat Mahomes can cover up for a lot of that stuff. I think a lot of Pat Mahomes stuff was in structure as well, though. I think it was a lot of time to throw. Well, yeah. I mean, his, it doesn't hurt that Andy reads your coach, but, or that you um, have two dudes who can run four, two forties. Well, yeah, that's, I guess that doesn't hurt. (laughs) So I think that's what the Browns. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what that's like. Yeah, me neither. But I mean, Nicole Harmon and Tyreek Hill being able to just burn people gives gives you a, a lot. But I think Baker's shown that he has the ability. Like Baker doesn't have to be in structure to make plays. Baker has quite a few examples from a year ago where he's like the pocket is broken down and he's had to 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 kind of improvise on his own and he's still able to make make plays down the year. Um, I do think 2021 is the year where he's got to like finally put it all together. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he does that. Uh, but I don't I don't think that he can have a much worse supporting cast than what he had last year. Um, running backs, like, especially in an outside zone, like there's going to be holes to run through. And I don't think the running game is ever going to suffer. And I don't think Nick Chubb's going to go anywhere, at least for probably two years after this. I think they end up paying him too, probably on at least a two year deal. Um, guaranteed supporting cast receiver wise is what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. As long as you can stretch the joke, was like our third string and he was, he would start for probably, yeah. I don't know, 16 teams in the NFL. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. And Joku would be a tight end one on half the teams in the league for sure. Um, but they ran into a system uh, like, uh, there's a bug in my drink. I just want you to know that I, I was, I'm very professional and I'm going to continue on with the podcast. Nice. Proud of you. I'm really proud of you. But when you're getting to a, a place where you have no receiver outside of a six round rookie who can make a play down the field. Your receivers are running the same routes that you want your tight ends to run. So Richard Higgins and, and again, Jarvis Langer aren't running away from anybody down the field. They're not demanding double teams from anybody. Nobody on the, on, on the team was demanding double teams from anybody or brackets from anybody down the stretch last year. They're, they're just running the same spot um, as what was happening more times than not last year. So not only adding Anthony Schwartz with DPJ and hopefully a healthy OBJ to stretch the field next year um, will allow Baker to make more plays down the field, but it will also um, free up the tight ends to, to be mismatches underneath um, more frequently as well this year. So um, yeah, I think his weapons are there this year. Um, and again, he played extremely well down the stretch with, dudes who can't who can't make all right we get it so that's where i'm at with that so that's all i'm gonna say um but yeah i did look up all of the browns wide receivers on sports info solutions as well um only one wide receiver averaged more than five yards of yak per catch and that was donovan peoples jones um so literally nobody could do anything the average depth of target for Jarvis Landry, it was 8.3 yards. For DPJ, it was 16.7, and then 13 for Richard Higgins. So nobody making plays down the field. Um, DPJ, the only one with a semi-decent, I guess 13.8 is not bad for Higgins as well. But um, really having a, a threat who can stretch the field vertically and horizontally is going to is gonna give a lot to the Browns offense as well. So long story short, 
Yeah. Baker's going to have a great year. Baker's set up to have a great year. I think that I, I don't, I don't see how it can't. I really don't. I I don't either. I don't either. So hopefully that means we don't have to have a conversation about, well, I don't know if he's going to be worth the contract. We're going to have to give him and then talk about the Jared Goff comparisons, which were just, are just horrible and lazy as they are. Uh, But if he just plays well, okay, we pay him. We move on. We have a quarterback. So um, right now I want to desperately believe, and he's better than what people in the media are saying that he is already. Uh, But I desperately want to believe that he's the guy. And I think everything is in his lap to make that happen. And, you know, it's, are you guys, I know we've talked about this before, but, you know, I think we're on the same page. We think that, you know, a deal doesn't need to get done this summer. It needs to probably happen after next year. And I think that uh, his camp kind of wants the same thing from what, what I've read, I guess. So um, it's worth to pay a little more in the long term than, you know, guess wrong and end up Jared Goff or Carson Wentz. Right, right. And if you look at a lot of what, I mean, Goff had fantastic weapons that year um, and Baker outplayed the year that got Goff paid, even though the Rams are the Super Bowl, QB wins aren't, aren't what teams use to measure success. Uh, Baker outplayed the, the Goff Super Bowl year. So um, with a much more limited um, set of, of, of receivers. So um, yeah, I don't know if I have much else to add to that, but I'm really hoping Hoping that Baker, this is the year that Baker takes that step where we don't have any more questions. That would be nice, but then we will have nothing to talk about <laughs> the Cleveland media. So, oh, we'll have stuff to talk about. We're going to have to get creative it's the with the wide other receivers stuff. from here on out that we have to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah. All right. So, I guess to wrap up the quarterback position, I, I don't think Case Keenum's going anywhere unless, you know, some crazy cut happens somewhere else. Um, and uh, you think we're going to carry two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks? Probably two and one on a practice squad. Yep. And uh, that's it, guys. Kind of relatively boring other than the conversation within the conversation. But as far as the group and where they land and who makes the teams, it's pretty much set, I feel like. My bold prediction, Baker Mayfield will start week one for the Cleveland Browns. Oh, my God. You're serving up some hot-ass takes. That's what I bring to the table, Riley. All right. So speaking of Baker and speaking of big years, um we're gonna do um since you know we got a we got a couple players who actually got more than a couple we got several players who need to have big years uh whether to stay on the team to get a new contract um or to earn a lot of money somewhere else potentially so we're gonna do a little draft um on who needs to uh who needs to have the biggest 2021 season on this cleveland browns team we're gonna do uh you can choose from you can choose from players um, you could choose from coaches. Um, you could choose from, uh, personally swagger junior was not that impressive last year. We could, <laughs> we could throw swagger junior in there. He needs to have a big year if you ask me, but, uh, before we do that, uh, I'm going to do my, uh, favorite segment of the day where, uh, I'm going to read an ad and we're going to tag them in it and they will not respond. So I know we're going to keep trying. So I'm going to tell you guys today with father's day, right around the corner about butcher box. Why is ButcherBox so good, you ask me? ButcherBox delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, humanely raised pork, and wild-caught seafood directly to your door. Now, Corey, know you're vegetarian, trying a little bit of chicken here and there. So this ad 
isn't totally catered to you, but you know, you do have a father. So when you're thinking about your father and what you're going to get him, you don't know where you get him. Well, how many, how many years have you guys been alive? 30 years. You've given your dad everything that you've ever, that they've ever wanted. You've, you've covered all the bases these years, every year for father's day. So here's something different. Get them some of this. Listen, guys, they do it right. These animals are taken great care of up until their quick, painless demise. Isn't it great to know where your meat is going? Nobody wants to know where their meat has been. Nobody wants to question it. With ButcherBox, you don't have to. Father's Day is this Sunday, and what better gift to give your pops than some amazing meats? I got this for my father-in-law one year. Guy won't shut up about it. Still talks about it to this day. Don't question where your meats have been with ButcherBox. If your mom told you to question where your father's meat's been, don't worry about getting him a Father's Day gift. He's probably not your real dad. Get ButcherBox for your mother instead. Go to ButcherBox.com to see some amazing deals. They've got cooked up. Yep, see, you get it? Play on words for this Father's Day weekend. ButcherBox.com. Well done. Yeah, I won't be ordering ButcherBox, but please sponsor us and give us stuff. <laughs> That's not true. He has a father. I do have a father. I'll give it to my dad. It's not bad. It's uh, if you're like, if you're really into meats, I was looking at some of the stuff. They got like Father's Day pack and stuff. Like, uh, not a bad deal, um, especially now. So you know, I might have to become a father myself here pretty soon, just so I can maybe catch that next year. You have to like, so, pr- how do you prove that you're a dad? Like, how do they know you're not? Um. Well, I just need someone to like. Who's gonna buy me a gift? for father's day is here nobody you're right i'm not a father i have to be i feel like you have to be a dad just go fund me your own father's day butcher box i mean there's don't get me wrong i've been to a couple foreign countries there's a shot that i'm a father i just <laughs> there's no way that meat's getting to me from either of those countries <laughs> anyways we're gonna move on to the draft now that we've talked about my infidelities um who do you, uh, we guess we didn't really decide who's going to go first. I got a coin. Let's flip it. You have a coin? Wow. Yeah. So prepared. Let's go. Yeah. Call it in the air. Heads. It's tails. Tails never fails. You tails. son of a bitch. <laughs> so I got I try to do a thing. little reverse psychology. So yeah, I'll let you have the first one. I feel like we're going to have different first, we'd have different first round picks anyway. We have our guys That's true. differently. So that's true. And we're doing three rounds. We're going to do three rounds. Um, snake draft. Should have told yes. you that before. So I guess you can Ooh. decline if you don't want the first pick. Can... No, you take the first pick then. I don't want the first uh, pick. I, right. I, I defer. Well, my first pick is going to be pretty easy because uh, I'm going to go stay true to my board. And even though we just spent so much time talking about it, it's got to be Baker. I think it has to be because, you know, it's what this is all about. It's what we've been building for since going – one in 15 and 0 in 16. It's, it's why the Browns are here. It's why we're remotely relevant. Even though he's been inconsistent, he's been the best quarterback we've had since, I don't know, since I've been alive, since you've been alive, you know, it's kind of all on his shoulders this year. I know everybody's got to do their job. Everybody's got to play well, but ultimately it's, unless you're an outlier, like a Brad Johnson or a Trent Dilfer, like you know, you got a the quarterback is what is what kind of decides uh, how far you're going to go. You got people who have great years like Jimmy G, and you go, you have a great team, and you go to the Super Bowl, and the wheels fall off. But I mean, that's three dudes. I can name like 
probably like 15 other dudes who were elite quarterbacks have been in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you know, the last right. couple of years. So I don't want to bet on an outlier. I just want Baker to be really good. I want him to be in a, a top 10 quarterback and just not freaking worry about it anymore. Like you said. Um, so big year for Baker, not only for the team, everybody on the team, the fans, like it's, it's just a big year for his, for his pocketbook. I mean, he's, if he has a great year, he's going to cash the F the fuck in. Sorry. I almost forgot we, forgot we could cuss on this podcast for a second there, but yeah, so I'm going to go with Baker. I don't think we need to do too much on it. We just, you know, did 15 minutes on it. So I, you're up with number two. Mine's going to be pretty straightforward too. I don't think, I mean, I'm going to go OBJ needs a big year. I am one of the biggest OBJ fans stands apparently in freaking Brown's verse right now. Everybody else thinks that he needs to, they need to get rid of him or whatever. And I'm just like, you guys just haven't seen it. You haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen it yet. So it's time to fucking see it. So I need OBJ to stay healthy. And if he stays healthy, he is going to ball out this year. And if he doesn't stay healthy, then he's probably not on the team. I don't see a universe in where he stays healthy and doesn't produce this year. So I'm going OBJ. I'm so I, know, that up. I know you see plays where like, you know, Baker misses OBJ down the field. And a lot. Things like that. But, <clears throat> you know, I think it's fair for people to question it from just being devil's advocate because the dude hasn't been healthy, hasn't had a healthy season since 2017. Like, I want him to have a big of year because do you think you love Odell Beckham Jr. so much because he's so much better than every other receiver on the Browns roster? Or do you love Odell Beckham Jr. because of the idea of, dude, I feel like I'm giving you dating advice. Do you love Odell Beckham Jr. or do you love love the the idea idea of him? I love Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, we got a glimpse of what OBJ in an actual like operating offense looked like that Dallas game was phenomenal. Like, and that was probably the only game that he played this year that the past game was really on point. Like they beat Washington and they beat Cincinnati before that game. And then they, they beat Indianapolis after that game, but I wouldn't call any of those three games like great passing performances. Um, but that's the one game we had where we could hold on to. He had five catches, 81 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, the, the first we're going to leave out that week six Pittsburgh game. Cause that was just an ugly game all the way around. And, and the Baltimore game week one, the Baltimore game, he had nine targets though. And he was open consistently that Baltimore game week one. Um, one of the more frustrating games to break down just how much he was cooking Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. But let's go week two, week three, week four, and week five. So the Cincinnati game, Washington game, Dallas, Indianapolis. Those four wins, they, they ran off right, right there in a row. Four catches, four catches, five catches, five catches, three touchdowns. He produces when he's on the field, averaging 18 yards, 14 yards, 16 yards, 11 yards. As I just said earlier, with the average depth of target, that's well above anybody else on the roster other than DPJ and it's still above DPJ. So he's a game changer when he's on the field. Just get him on the field, keep him on the field. Just gotta um, get him on the field, baby. Gotta keep him on the silly. field. Right. So especially if you're gonna make that cap it, you gotta you gotta 
you know, you got to play more than you got to be productive. Cause he, you know, he, to be fair, he played through the, one of the worst, I don't know if 2019 was worse than no in 16, to be completely honest, just Jeez. by expectations, uh, you know, measuring expectations, but you know, he did play through some injuries, but obviously it wasn't himself. And obviously the offense was a complete bag of shit. So that didn't help either. So Odell is going to make, uh, he's going to have a 15, almost $60 million cap at this year, $15 million cap at in 2022 and a $15 million cap in 2023. He'll be a free agent in 2024. So I think that, uh, and he's got no more, you know, dead cap. There's going to be no dead cap it after this year. So but not he's only, only 28 years old. So right. It- He's right. healthy and he produces. We have Odell for two more years after this year at a very moderate contract for a high-profile wide receiver. To be honest, is, if, is if, if he, he produces, goes off, yeah, he's probably going to ask for a like, new contract. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the way that he's goes. definitely or he he's at like at least going to be asked for that money to be converted into guaranteed money. Um, maybe the same cap hit, but he's there's no way he's going to go three more years with no guaranteed money. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's going to happen. Well, if he goes off, then I'm then do it. Yeah. Still, yeah. Sure. 15 million guaranteed. That's still a bargain. If he's going to be OBJ from four years ago, yeah, it's just going to get farther and farther away, but Hey, you know, I don't, I don't hate that pick. I don't hate that pick. So, uh, my second pick here yeah, might What's be a up? surprise though. Might be a surprise for my second pick. I'm going to Davian Clowney. Okay. Davian Clowney. That is a surprise. Doesn't get the hype he deserves because people would look at his sack numbers and say, well, he's washed or he's overrated. Jadavion Clowney, even in Seattle. So the Titan season, I mean, he was playing well up until he got hurt, but he got hurt super early. So we don't have a good body of work to go off of Seattle year. One of the best run defenders in the league. Consistently good at setting the edge, consistently good at stacking and shedding consistently good at making plays. Um, no, he's not going to win along the outside track a lot, but that's okay. Um, Pairing him with Miles Garrett, if he can just push the pocket, he's going to get quarterbacks running into his lap because Miles Garrett can win on the outside track. He can win outside. So even if, if Jadavian's pushing the pocket back, quarterback's going to fall into his lap. So, and just again, on a one year deal, he's been searching for that long term deal for three years now. If he puts up numbers this year, which he, again, this is his opportunity, there's, there's no better opportunity for him to put up numbers than playing opposite Miles Garrett. He's going to get paid. He's going to get paid. Uh, so I put Jadavian Clowney as my second dude who needs to have a big year. Any chance he gets paid by the Browns? Oh, it depends what a long-term deal would look like. The Browns got to pay a lot of dudes. Yeah, if it up. is, it's at the expense of someone right. else. So. Right. I, I think the Browns can maybe stack guaranteed money in a way. So like, Nick Chubb is going to get paid. Like I'm to the point now they're going to pay him, but they're only going to give him like two years of guaranteed money. They can stack up the guaranteed money to kind of alternate um, and not all the guaranteed money falls in the same year. I think they can make it happen. Um, or he could just decide this is the best place for my long-term success to, to play my, opposite Miles Garrett. Yeah, could be playing with they, worse they could, people. They could afford a long-term deal at $10 million a year, which was which is what he's getting. I don't think they can pay two edge rushers 20 plus million, but I don't know if there's even a, in a good year, there's a world where Jadavian Clowney is going to get 20 plus a year. Um, so I could see the Browns. The, the he's Browns got health issues too. Though, so, and he's yeah. not, he's not a spring chicken anymore. <laughs> right. So 
Uh, I still think there's a good amount of game left in Jadavian Clowney. So, but again, another guy missed most of last year. So, and has a, a good amount of missed games in his career. Um, but when he is on the field again, his last year in Houston and that year in Seattle, probably the best two years of his career and we're only a year removed from that. So, um, I have high hopes for Jadavian Clowney this year. Yeah, me too, man. I think that just the idea of them, everybody harps on, you know, two first overall picks, same D line. And, you know, if we could just bring it together, I think that it can be better, almost maybe even better than when he was with JJ Watt in Houston, just because I think, you know, miles is by the time, you know, he got to Houston, you know, JJ Watt was had mm-hmm. already his defensive player of the year years were behind him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that'll be exciting. Um, so my second pick um, may also be a surprise. Maybe not. I'm going to go with Greedy Williams. And why Greedy Williams? Um, well, I don't know if you saw, but they drafted uh, Greg Newsom in the first round this year. <laughs> and uh, I think that someone else who could show up on this page, uh, Denzel Ward, who I also thought about going with here. But um, I chose Greedy over Denzel because – you know, Denzel may only play like may miss four games a year, but in the games he's playing, he's elite. So he's probably going to get paid. I think he's, it's pretty safe to say Denzel's going to get paid. Oh yeah. But he's going to get the bag. But not only do you have, where's your potential replacement just drafted this year? Um, you know, you're, you're coming off a year where you didn't play at all. You've got some kind of degenerative nerve issue that, you know, nobody really seems to know anything about, mm-hmm. um, you know, everybody's saying that you're doing all right. And, you know, this is a guy who got first round hype when he was coming out of the draft. And I think that when they drafted him, they saw him as his, as Denzel's, you know, running mate on the other side and he's got great coverage skills. And I think that uh, if he doesn't, if he can't either get on the field, I think that's step one and then playing well when he's on the field, you know, he could, he could, I don't think they're going to cut him by any means, but you know, he could either be traded or, um, you know, to replace by Greg Newsom. Cause you know, there's another, they also drafted or they also signed Troy Hill this year. He's going to be here for two years probably. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of pressure on Greedy. Um, and you know, it's not all his fault. You can't help injuries, but you know, he's got to, he's got to perform this year. And I think that he needs to, he needs to have the biggest year per- personally wise out of any cornerback on this roster. Yeah. Part of me wants to question even whether or not he'll make the roster this year. Like they, they could like, he was drafted by John Dorsey. He didn't play in the first year of a new regime. I have no idea how this organization feels about him, but the reason I feel pretty confident he'll be on the roster is because you need more than three good cornerbacks on your team. And if greedy is, is not on the roster, that leaves you with only three, three good cornerbacks. Um, and two of which have some pretty significant injury histories in their past. So um Robert Jackson disrespect okay yeah um so I do think greedy probably hangs around but again yeah I think that's a good fit um especially once Troy Hill's two years do go up do they keep all three of Newsom Ward and Williams for the future and then you have a dominant nickel um you can either slide Newsom or Ward into the nickel in nickel packages and throw greedy on the outside as that third corner or there's a tons of different looks you could do. So um, the NFL has definitely showed you can never have enough good cornerbacks. So there's definitely space for greedy on the roster and on the team. So um, I'm interested to see if this shoulder thing is, is 
over with or if it's going to be careered along and a career ender potentially um, is my worry. So I know he is, I know he's people joked he didn't like to tackle. So if he never has to tackle anyone with his shoulder, you know, just don't let, he'll be fine. Right. So that makes me think that. So his redshirt freshman season at LSU had him being talked about as a top 10 pick coming towards the 2019 draft. And I wonder if something happened at the end of his freshman year or his redshirt freshman year, or like in, in the summer heading into his sophomore year, redshirt sophomore year, because his, there's a reason he fell all the way to the Browns in the second round is because his sophomore season was not as good. And that's where the tackling concern started to come up. So I'm wondering if that injury happened while he was at LSU. Um, and now it's just going to plague him. So that's my worry with greedy. Um, your conspiracy theory are we on info wars right now yeah no no <laughs> me versus alex jones who wins in a fight uh <laughs> i don't know dude he's got some per, uh impressive before and after uh pictures <laughs> <laughs> the same picture i love that meme <laughs> but yeah that's that's my worry with greedy is that this injury is long term and will never be the same again um but i hope i'm wrong me too man like you said especially the Browns, you know, we need more than three good corners because our good corners are more than likely not going to be available every Sunday, at least all of them. So back to you. No, you go next. It's a snake draft. Oh yeah. I forgot how it's, it's, I can't wait for fantasy football. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. So my next pick, I'm actually going to go with um, Wyatt Teller. And you know, this may not be the, uh, a potential move for the Browns just because, you know, kind of you touched on it a little bit earlier. You don't, you don't necessarily need five studs. It's nice to have five studs. I'm sure Baker wouldn't mind having five studs. You know, he was, he was uh, um, when they traded for him in 2019 and, uh, you know, obviously exploded last year. He got that third year offensive lineman bump that uh, PFF likes to talk about. Um, and he, he was awesome. He was probably our best lineman. He was, one of the best linemen in the league. So, yeah. you know, was this a flash in the pan or, you know, he's, he kind of, he's baking peanuts this year. So he's obviously going to want to get paid. And even if it's not by the Browns, it's going to be by somebody. And after seeing how much, you know, the, the uh, chiefs paid um, Jonah or whatever his name is, the guard from the Patriots, whoever they just, Joe Tooney, Joe Tooney. How much they just paid Joe Tooney? You know he's making like what seventeen, eighteen million dollars yeah. a year. He's making a this lot of money. It's on the table for Treader if he if he plays well. I mean, I know that the interior offensive line market isn't exploding right now, but if you if he proves that he's elite again and he ranks as one of the top offensive linemen in the league, he's gonna get he's gonna yeah. get the bag. Yeah, he's gonna get a big old bag. Yeah, you know? and I would say that's a bag that that's probably not gonna get shelled out by the Browns. Unfortunately, uh, like unfortunately, uh, ten probably. You get, they could probably they can make ten work, especially if Treader's not coming back. You could give him Treader's money, but man, eighteen for a guard. It's a lot. You know, the, the, didn't the Cowboys try to pay every single offensive lineman a couple of years ago? They they, they were playing yeah. Zach Martin. Um, you know, uh, Travis Frederick was getting paid. Yep, Terrence yep. Smith. And I think they had just paid they they had just Collins. paid Collins at the time. Yeah. 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 They tried to pay it and they pulled it off for and they still have four, three of three of 
out of mm-hmm. four of those guys. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not impossible. They just paid their quarterback, and they have a high-paid running back. They have a high-paid receiver. Yeah. Their defense kind of stanks, but uh, <laughs> they don't have a model. Well, they're paying a, they're paying a pass rusher, too. So, maybe the Cowboys are the model for the Browns, and they can make it work. You know, if anybody is going to be able to figure that out, it's going to be the most attractive duo in the NFL. Right. And Smartest team in, in the league. Yeah, um, for sure. For sure. All right. My third guy. I'm not going to go Joe Woods. We'll just stick to all players. I'm going with my boy. You know, I am the one of the biggest David Njoku supporters. Oh, shit. In the Browns universe. So he was on my list. I totally forgot about him. David Njoku is going to be my last pick. Here's why. Austin Hooper's contract is super shitty. Like, there's no way around it. We talk about the guard. You're 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 stuck stuck in in it. it. You're stuck in it for probably at least two more years. But I feel like if Austin Hooper plays like he did last year, they're probably just going to cut bait and eat that, eat that, eat that money Um, or try to restructure. If David Njoku plays like he he did last year and Hooper plays like he did again last year, I'd rather write out Njoku into the future than Hooper. They cut him. If they cut him next year, it's eleven million dollar cap hit. Yeah, exactly. But they they just might. They just and might. seven and a half after that. Yeah, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. It's gross. Oh man. And the, the biggest things about analytical guardrails is they try to say no no more no more dead money after two years, and you're going into four years on Ubers. So like I I don't know why or what they were thinking when they signed that deal. It's completely outside the guidelines. I don't know if they thought he was going to be like an outlier, but I mean he just. I, if you're just putting up average production like that, I'm not paying you that much. And I, I might be willing to eat that dead money. Like, especially if it means keeping David and Joku who most tight ends make their jumps in year four, year three, year four. This is where we're at with Njoku. Last year, I would say he made a jump and just didn't get the, 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 the targets that he saw, but of the targets he did get, he was probably the best tight end on the roster as a run blocker. He was tremendous. He made tremendous improvements. So there's no reason for him not to not to see the field. And he's a versatile piece. So what I want to see is I want to see David Njoku moved into the future. He could play in the slot. He can play lined up as a tight end. You can split him out wide. He's a red zone threat. There's a million things you can do with David Njoku. He dropped one ball last year. If your biggest your biggest qualm with David Njoku is he can't catch the football. He dropped one ball last year. So if he continues his upward trajectory and people forget about 2018 when he caught over 50 passes for like almost led the, one of the leading receivers on the Browns in 2018 Baker's rookie year. So the talent is out the building. There's nobody more athletic on the roster than him as well. Maybe miles, maybe miles Garrett, 24 years old, still only 24. He came into the league when he was 20, practically a teenager. If he even plays exactly the same as he did, even last year, which I think he'll get more looks this year. I think this front office is, or this coaching staff is going to prioritize getting him some looks mainly because he is one of the, the more versatile weapons you have on the roster. He's going to get paid. And if he, if, if, if he decides, you know, I don't want to be in, in Cleveland long-term, I think somebody's going to say, I think this guy can be a tight end one. Delaney Walker was behind Vernon Davis in San Francisco for the first handful of years of his career before he went to Tennessee and became a, a pro bowl tight end Jared cook the same way Darren Waller. I mean, he had some off the field issues that he had to work through some, some 
mental health and drug use things that that he overcame and has has worked through. So um, that's a little bit different. But late development for tight ends is natural, uh, and there's no reason to think that David Njoku might not be on that that trajectory as well. It's not that many good ones either. So if you right. could find someone which may have you know gone into why they paid Huber what he did, you know, Kevin Spansky's system, you know the tight end is really valuable. So maybe they and it didn't help. Kinda... They didn't have any 2019 tape to go off of with, I mean, he scored the first touchdown of the season for the Browns last year right. and then broke, broke his wrist week two. And they hadn't signed Austin Bryant then yet. So they really didn't, they probably were just like, we have nobody. Yeah, They didn't roster. draft Harrison Bryant yet. Um, or yeah, sorry. Harrison Bryant. Yeah. But yeah. Um, they didn't have it, any tight ends. So maybe right. they just reached a little bit. And... He broke his wrist week, week two coming off a very productive sophomore season. Like, a top 10 tight end productive season as a sophomore um, in 2018. And then when he did come back, him and Higgins were in Freddie's doghouse for some reason. And I don't think you're going to fault either him or Higgins for being in Freddie's doghouse when it was clear that Freddie and Dorsey were incompetent and couldn't operate a team, couldn't manage a team. So I think the sky is still the limit for David Njoku. I hope you're right. I think that uh, he's definitely has the most upside in that room. So. <clears throat> that was a good draft we definitely yeah. uh we didn't say everyone i think you're right we could have discussed we could probably discuss joe woods on another day we yeah. might be like put him on hot seat or something like that but uh but solid draft so um guys like we said it's getting thin here things are gonna we're gonna have to start talking about you know giving you guys some gardening tips or something like that Corey's really into planting stuff now and not marijuana, apparently, like anybody fucking believes I haven't believes planted that. anything. I have bought some house plants and put on a shelf. Those are very different concepts. Yes, you ordered them straight from Mexico. Yes. Got them at Trader Joe's, actually. But <laughs> a Trader Joe's reference. Maybe they'll make the, uh, the weekly ad next week. Well, Corey, next time I talk to you, I hope that uh, all the skaters are dead. And uh, I hope everybody out there is doing their part. I need... Everybody needs to meet their quota. 10 cicadas a day, you need to kill. 10 this thing quickly and uh, make sure there's a lot less than 17 years if we're all going to be around for that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm happy just not to continue to hear them. So I'm good where I'm at. Sucks yeah. for you. Uh, well, you know, half this podcast uh, is living the life of luxury and the other is basically in the slums of Djibouti or something like that. But uh, what up? You want this outro or? You got it. I, you'd let me do the intro. I don't like too much change. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to throw the, the listeners off. The, I think we're up to like five or six listeners, so we're doing pretty well. But all right, it. guys. Yeah, once again, if you haven't subscribed, please do that. Please rate and review. It does nothing but help your boys out. We will talk to you next week on the next episode of Nothing Rhymes with Orange. We'll see you all later.